The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us for this Friday edition as we take a few minutes out of God's Word in our podcast, and we're glad you're with us today. Uh, If you're following along with us in Scripture, we are in the book of Matthew, and we're going to pick up here back again in verse 6 in just a minute, kind of picking up a little bit where we talked about yesterday. We ended off yesterday, um, because I meant when I'm looking at it, studying for this morning, um, I realize is that there's a spot of application and really interpretation uh, that I skipped over yesterday, which really leads into the next several sections of Scripture. And so what I, we talked about yesterday was he's talking about those offend the little ones, and Jesus was using a child as an illustration. And obviously, uh, the innocence of a child is something to protect. Um, and so we dealt with that yesterday. Uh, but the application, the interpretation and application actually go a bit further than just those around children. So what it talks about, he used the illustration that they need to become as a child. And the illustration continues, talks about the humility and dare we say sometimes innocence of a child. So the application breeds on further to those that would be immature in Christianity, young Christians, um, those who are taking the step to be humble, coming to Jesus. Uh, we've got to be careful not to let them stumble. Maybe those seeking Jesus, those who are new to Christianity. I've seen this a lot of times, people, they get saved, they're new to church, and um, frankly, sometimes the politics, and the fact is every church is imperfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Uh, there's battles because Satan is always working in church. I catch that. He's always working to strive to cause division, and that's the best way to take a church down is from the inside. Most churches are prepared from outside frustration, outside attack. Most churches see it, and it will embolden them to be stronger. Uh, when you start seeing it from the inside, it's not easy to see, uh, and, it, and it really causes most of its damage before it's even visual. And that, imagine what that would do to a young Christian or to a, a immature Christian, whether it be a child, whether it be somebody who's new to Christianity. So let's go ahead. And again, he said in verse 6, and he talks about the little ones, anyone um, who causes one of these little ones who believe to me to sin, it is better. And he gives all of the problems that and the curses that come with it. But then he goes down and continues to dig a little deeper into that offense. And he goes down to verse 8. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if your eyes cause you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter to life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Now, please understand, he's not in literal way talking about self-mutilation. He's not literally talking about plucking an eye out, casting, cutting your arm off. He's using a very visual illustration to make a, a simple point. Uh, in context, remember, everything is in context helps us to understand what he's saying. If my actions bring an offense to a young child, if my actions bring an offense to a young Christian, he talks about it would be better that that person would have not been saved than to go through this, Uh, you know, than to just go to hell than what God's going to do. Uh, It's just better, or actually the phrase was better they'd not, they died than to go to hell like that. The offense is super serious here, and he's talking about the idea that it's better that we not have these things that offend us than to be that offense, 
than to end up in hell over this. Now, the, the great way, as I was reading on this this morning, one, one man wrote it, I like it this way, it's not about cutting my hands off or plucking my eyes out. It's about the idea that it's better to get rid of the things of the world that would lead me to sin than allow those things to draw me to hell, keep me from Jesus, or to be an offense to other people. And that's the key to understand. We need to be serious about the things of the world that will draw us from God. We need to be serious about following the things of God. We need to be serious about not letting those things keeping us. And and, and, the, and the straightforward idea, he says it's better rather than to have two eyes be cast in the hellfire. So he's obviously referencing the idea of keeping pe- these things keeping you from salvation. It's better to give up the things of the world and go to hell. And that's because you can't have somebody who's been saved ends up in hellfire. He's talking about the idea that someone's been, again, I want to say truly saved. I'm not saying it's had a religious experience, so had a, a prayer. Please understand, I believe that's part of it. Um, but if all you do is set a prayer and you 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 if someone just walks you through words and you've never really put your faith in Jesus, maybe you're not truly saved. And he's saying it's better. And he really, the idea talks about turning from that life to Jesus. Don't let these things keep you to the point where you never really ever get saved. There are some who come to church and they, they don't, they struggle with, they feel like, well, I've got to give up things to the world. Please understand, I, I think the idea that we need to give up the world, then come to Jesus, it's a tricky thing. I think we need to come to Jesus and let Jesus cleanse out that part of our life. But how many of us, have? how many of the world have so much in the world that they are afraid to leave? Boy, it's scary, the alternative of what could happen. Then he continues down to verse number 10. Take heed that you not despise one of these little ones, the children, these, these young Christians. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Now, that's one of the verses that references that we believe in many call the idea of guardian angels. He says that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father in heaven. Uh, as an angel appointed to them, a young child, a young Christian, things of that nature. There's a lot of different opinions on the idea of guardian angels, uh, but we see there's a, there, there's a, there is a connection to the angelic being in this scenario. So he comes up and says, be careful that you not look down, you do not be the fence on these young children, on these weak, young, you know, new Christians. Be very, very careful on that. He says in verse 7, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save which was lost. Then he continues into a very popular parable. I love this parable. Verse 12, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety and nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more than sheep, than over ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Now, he's, again, he's referencing this. There's these two aspects. Obviously, he starts off with uh, Jesus has come to seek and to save that which is lost. There is a obvious principle of salvation here. And the aspect that's who Jesus is coming to seek and to save. And he's going to go after the lost. He's going to seek after them. The Bible says a man cannot be saved except the Father draw him. And the principle, principle is that is what we call conviction. God Jesus is going after them. He's bringing conviction. We're just a tool. That's why it says some plant, some water. God gives the increase. We witness, we invite to church, we create relationships for the purpose of doing that, all for the goal to find out who it is that God is working on and that we can be the tool to be used that way. And so he's seeking after those, and then he comes back and that was lost. The other principle obviously is referencing the Christian who's gone astray. 
the Christian who's completely gone astray and walked away from the fold. Obviously, the reference of sheep in the scriptures is always the reference of God's children. And so the one that's gone astray, and he says he'd cheerful more for the one that went astray than the 99th stay because this person has not gone, this person has not, uh, life has not been destroyed by sin. They've repented and they've come back to Jesus. Can I tell you that a lot of times, and I see this a lot in Christianity today for whatever reason, and let, let me just, I'm going to take for a second and put out maybe a theoretical. I can't prove this, but let me tell you what I've seen in theoretical in, in the context. So you've got a, someone who was saved when they were young or someone who's newly saved to church and they get around church and Satan uses somebody in church as a stumbling block. They, they're griping, they're complaining, they're criticizing other people or the preacher or the leadership of the church. Um, they're causing, and they're just griping and complaining. Well, if you get enough of that, and I've watched this as young Christians are like, I don't want anything to do with this. This is kind of what kept them out of church and or uh, whatever that we call it church hurt. And sometimes church hurt is just people who leave. They're frustrated that for something that didn't happen. Sometimes they're truly legitimate. And I've been in church my entire life. I think everybody at some point could find something in church where they could say was hurtful uh, because we're surrounded by people and we're, we're, we're human were sinful. Uh, but so you get them, they walk away, and then I've seen a lot, and, and maybe they were taught wrongly, they were taught a more legalistic perspective, and they feel like they can never attain it, whatever it is. But I find a lot of them, they come back to church, and they've run from church, and now what happens, Satan's used this stumbling block away to get them out of church, and now they're struggling because they partly want to come back to church, but the guilt has overridden them. They don't feel like it's right. They made these decisions. Now they've got scars from life. This is the passage we're looking at here. Now you see, he says, I'm seeking out you, and I will carry you back. I will seek out the one that's lost. I will leave the 99 back here and let the protected, but I will seek out that one and bring it back. He's seeking you out. He's seeking you out with the goal that you uh, would be brought back into that fold as a Christian who's straight for whatever reason you've gone. That's who he is seeking out. Let me encourage you, if you're watching this or listening to this, and you're one of those that, for whatever reason, has either never been saved due to uh, the frustrations you find, maybe you know you see hypocrites or whatever in church, or you know there's been something else like that, or you were in church and you walked away, can I tell you, uh, that Satan can use as a great excuse. We're going to find that no matter what. And, and I heard this, I read this the other day. I thought it was a great point. If you leave church because someone else offended you, your faith wasn't in God to begin with. Uh, we need to get back and let our faith be pointed at God, pointed at Jesus, pointed in the right direction and not let these other things that unfortunately will happen now and then to keep us because God is that foundation. Satan wants to use these things. May we just come back for whatever reason. It's come to Jesus for salvation. Come back and recognize that Jesus is coming after you, loves you, and he wants to be the one that reunites you back because he loves you unconditionally no matter what. Would you be that one? If we can be helping that, I would love an opportunity. You can contact us here at Grace Baptist Church in Bakersfield. We'd love a chance to be an encouragement to you. Um, go to our website, and there are, my email address is on there if you have questions for it. If we can be helping encouragement anyway, we'd love to be able to do that. Well, thanks for joining us today at this Friday, sticking with us as we study through the book of Matthew. Uh, come back next week as we continue in Matthew chapter 18 at the beginning of next week, and we hope you'll, this continues to be encouragement to you. Thanks for joining us today. We we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.